Hi there, we're getting caught up on the news. I'm going to go outside and fix up the yard. Not to mention the annoyance of trying to... The closets where it leaves you for flight or 80%. And it should come as no surprise that in this echo chamber, right-wing echo chamber, where everything's protection and confession. Back in December of 2023, this is what Sean Hannity said. Um, if Donald Trump and the Trump organization or the Trump family were making tens of millions of dollars from our top geopolitical foes like China and Russia, how would Americans react? That's a direct <laughs> quote from uh, Sean Hannity. Like, to act like what Hunter Biden did was a thing at all. Um, and meanwhile, you have Donald Trump, Kushner, Ivanka actually getting hundreds of millions of dollars and, and billions of dollars from foreign adversaries and from foreign countries. Let's take a look at this report. The House Democrats did some, and the Oversight Committee did some great digging uh, right here. Uh, they got all of the source documents from the Trump hotels. So you can see, for example, like, uh, like right here, you have like the embassy of Kuwait, and you can see the amount of money that they're spending at the Trump International Hotels. You can go in and you can take a look at um, the various embassy payments and foreign government uh, payments to Trump International Hotels DC, Trump International Hotels uh, New York. Um, and here's how the how Jamie Raskin frames the issue. Many reports get published in Congress every year and sink into oblivion, but this one is unlikely to disappear. The findings and conclusions presented by the House Committee on Oversight Accountabilities, Democrat staff are astounding and they demand urgent action by Congress and the American people. Drawing from actual receipts and records and using the most conservative possible accounting methodologies, White House for sale, how princes, prime ministers, and premiers paid off Donald Trump's uh, paid Donald Trump documents how, as President Donald Trump accepted more than $7.8 million in payments from foreign states and their leaders, including some of the world's most unsavory regimes, by elevating his personal financial interest and policy priorities of corrupt foreign powers over the American public interest. Former President Trump violated both the clear commands of the Constitution and the careful precedent set and observed by every previous commander in chief. It goes on to cite Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8 of the Constitution forbids the president to accept money, payments, or gifts of any kind, whatever, from foreign governments and monarchs unless he obtains, quote, the consent of the Congress to do so. Yet Donald Trump, while holding the office of president, used his business entities to pocket millions of dollars from foreign states and royalty and never once went to Congress to seek its consent. The report set forth records showing foreign government money and all the spoils from royals we can find pouring into hotels and buildings that the president continued to own during his presidency, yeah. all in direct violation of the constitutional prohibition. To be sure, we know about only some payments that passed into President Trump's hand during just two years of his presidency from just 20 of the more than 190 nations in the world through just four of his more than 500 businesses. Despite the Constitution's requirement that a president disclose foreign emoluments and seek Congress's consent to keep them, it took Oversight Committee Democrats years of aggressive litigation against the former president to obtain this subset of documents from Mazur. So this is just a subset of just 
four of the 500 businesses and only 20 nations right here. That is that $7.8 million in direct payments. And Trump fought that and fought that. And by the way, strict textualism, we have the United States Constitution, which says that this is a violation, which, by the way, should be an impeachable offense and should be criminal. You violate our Constitution. And yet the MAGA Republicans not only don't care, billions of dollars, billions of dollars, they go after Hunter Biden, Biden for drug addiction and, and naked photographs. Are you absolutely kidding me? No, that's just who the MAGA Republicans are right now. And by the way, there was another report that was done back in March by the House Oversight Democrats. Saudi swords, Indian jewelry, and a larger-than-life Salvadorian portrait of Donald Trump. The Trump administration's failure to disclose major gifts, over $250,000 at least in gifts that were given to Donald Trump and Kushner that were not disclosed. And we're talking about like Saudi daggers and we're talking about different like uh, framed paintings, brass tea sets, uh, Uzbek carpet silk. Uh, Japanese ceramics, I mean, and, and, and these gifts weren't disclosed. So you have the MAGA Republican. It, it's, it's just pure lawlessness at this point, pure and utter lawlessness right here. But uh, an important report by House Oversight Democrats. The key thing right now is for you to be the messengers. That's what we have to rely on. You're the solution. We can't wait around for legacy media or anyone else to report what they need to report they're, they're not going to do it okay but the difference maker is going to be you so share this video let people know let's just get into the facts just, just the facts to share the data put in the comments below the following what have you done today to share these messages of the Midas Touch Network. Put that in the comment and share your strategies for how you share the Midas Touch videos. And subscribe as well. It's free to do that. Hit the like button, but leave in the comments below as well. I want to see, I want to hear from all of you and confirm that you've shared this with some people. <laughs> hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. And continue the conversation by following us on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to tell them how I, uh, I share across social media. Exclamation point across social media, Instagram, Facebook. But Twitter. TikTok. Oh, and YouTube, and YouTube, and YouTube, YouTube. And YouTube. And make reels. Okay. Awesome. Yeah.
Y'all still there? Hello, darlings. Are you tired yet? Are you tired yet yet of Midas touch? That's what I was trying to say. Okay, I need to put my birds away. Put my birds to bed. Before they crap on my doors. Diaper panicked. Diaper Dawn attacks victim on eve of trial. Hello, this is Frank George. I'd like to introduce the EMS foot he massager wants, to you. He wants to have EMS a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation. Next E. Jean Carroll defamation trial, which is set to start in just a few weeks in January. Donald Trump has spent the entire morning attacking E. Jean Carroll over and over again. You can see right here the posts that Donald Trump has been making all morning. This is all he has been doing. He did two other posts that I'll talk about soon that were unrelated to this, but this is Donald Trump's entire morning. And let's be clear, Donald Trump has been found already by a federal jury and by a judge, a federal judge, to have engaged in sexual abuse, which the judge clarified is the same as rape, in a federal civil lawsuit already filed by E. Jean Carroll, and a jury awarded E. Jean Carroll $5 million after reaching a verdict back in May. So now, Donald Trump is spending the entire morning, this is the leader of the Republican Party, spending the the entire morning harassing, attacking, demeaning, and defaming an individual who he was found to have raped. That is the leader of the Republican Party in 2024. So yesterday, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals made this ruling, and this is one of the reasons that Donald Trump is cycling into this right now, although there's absolutely zero justification for this behavior, this abhorrent behavior. The Second Circuit states that uh, appellant Donald Trump filed an application contained within the pending petition for rehearing or rehearing in bunk to stay the district court proceedings and it is hereby ordered that the application is denied. So the Second Circuit, you'll recall, previously made an order back on December 13th uh, affirming the district court's order that Donald Trump and his lawyers have waived the affirmative defense of absolute presidential immunity. Why did they waive it so that the Second Circuit and the District Court did not even have to get into the merits about whether Donald Trump's <laughs> defamatory statements about E. Jean Carroll in 2019 uh, constituted outer perimeter conduct of the executive branch, which again, I think it absolutely isn't, but they didn't even have to get into that analysis because it was waived because Donald Trump and his lawyers failed to assert the uh, defense of absolute presidential immunity as an affirmative defense. Here's what the Second Circuit states. Whether defendant Donald Trump waived presidential immunity, this is from their December 13th order, and it says, having determined that presidential immunity is waivable, we reach the question, did defendant Donald Trump waive his presidential immunity defense? We hold that he did. Defendant filed his answer to plaintiffs E. Jean Carroll's original complaint in New York State Court in January 2020, but the answer did not invoke presidential immunity. 
pause there for a second. Do you know how easy it is for Donald Trump to have asserted absolute presidential immunity as an affirmative defense if his lawyers were halfway competent? All you have to do is say in your pleading paper, defendant Donald Trump hereby asserts absolute presidential immunity as an affirmative defense. That one sentence, literally just put that one sentence and you have not waived it. But Donald Trump and his lawyers mm-hmm. did not do that. It says right. the district court does as an official immunity. Pause there for a second. Do you know how easy it is for Donald Trump to have asserted absolute presidential immunity as an affirmative defense if his lawyers were halfway competent? All you have to do is say in your pleading paper, defendant Donald Trump hereby asserts absolute presidential immunity as an affirmative defense. That one sentence, literally just put that one sentence and you have not waived it. Donald Trump and his lawyers did not do that. It says the district court thus determined that defendant waived this defense, holding the defendant does not challenge. Uh, holding the defendant does not challenge in this appeal. Indeed, defendant's counsel concedes an oral argument that assuming the defense of presidential immunity is waivable, defendant had waived the defense. And the Second Circuit goes on to say, first, defendant unduly delayed in raising presidential immunity as a defense. Three years passed. I'm reading from the court opinion. Three years passed between defendant's answer and his request for leave to amend his answer. A three-year delay is more than enough under our precedent to qualify as undue, and defendant's excuse for not timely raising the defense that the question of whether the Westfall Act immunized defendant was pending in the district court and the District of Columbia um, is unpersuasive. So you have right there, Donald, the, the court saying, yeah, you, you didn't do this for three years. Well, why are you whining uh, to us? Similarly, one of the reasons that Donald Trump is ranting and raving all morning, like you see in those posts, is that last week, the district court, federal judge Kaplan, rejected Donald Trump's attempt at the last minute to bring in a, an expert on damages on behalf of Trump that was never previously disclosed. And the district court judge, the federal federal judge also rejected Donald Trump's uh, motion to try to strike or exclude the uh, expert on behalf of uh, E. Jean Carroll, Professor Humphreys from Northwestern University. And again, what the judge is saying is you missed the basic deadlines here as it relates to Donald Trump trying to add his expert at the 11th hour right before trial. The judge explained first, as the court had already pointed out, defendant's lack of an expert witness at this point is entirely a product of his own doing. Defendant knew in March of 2023 that the prior expert, his original expert from the other defamation case, had already been foreclosed as a witness, yet Donald Trump took no action. And similarly, with respect to Trump's request to try to exclude E. Jean Carroll's expert, Professor Humphreys, Um, Judge Kaplan, the federal judge presiding over the defamation case in January, states the deadline for filing in limine motion.
motions, motions to exclude. And this case was February 16th, 2023. This in limine motion to try to exclude Professor Humphreys, E. Jean Carroll's expert, is 10 months too late. And so now you have Donald Trump spending all day because he knows that he's got trial coming up in uh, a few weeks. According to Maggie Haberman, Trump says he's going to show up, but we've heard that before. Remember what happened at the other uh, trial, by the way, the other E. Jean Carroll trial, where Donald Trump literally fled the country. He went to Ireland and Scotland and claimed he was uh, building something. And then he lied and said, like he always lies and says, yeah, I'm going to come back. I'm going to confront that woman. Do you remember when Trump said that during the other E. Jean Carroll trial that Trump lost in May? Here, play this clip of Donald Trump while he says that, uh, because I'm going to confront this woman while he's in Scotland. And he says, I'm going to return, but he doesn't. Here, play this clip. We have to leave early. I don't have to, but I choose to. Will you attend the trial, Mr. President? I'll probably you? attend. And You'll I think it's a attend. disgrace. It's a disgrace that it's allowed to happen with false accusations against a rich guy. Or, in my case, against a famous, rich, and political person that's leading the polls by 40 points. And I have to go back for a woman that made a false accusation about me. And I have a judge who's extremely hostile. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to confront this woman. This woman is a disgrace and it shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country. So if you just take a look at these posts that Donald Trump's been making this morning, he's posting videos of the victim who he has been found liable to sexually uh, have sexually abused, raped. Oh he's posting things like that. She says, like she wrote, she wrote in 2016, how do you see yourself dying in an avalanche, wearing your pants too tight, being devoured by critics? And Donald Trump is like posting that. I mean, just think about the level of harassment from this individual. Um, he posts a statement that she made back from 2010, where she wrote, and she wrote this on May 7th, 2010. She wrote, "Sex tip I learned from my dog: when in heat, chase the male until he collapses with exhaustion, then jump him." And so a joking, humorous post that she made in 2010, the man who has been found liable for rape is posting her material from uh, 2010. He goes on to post things like that, you know, harass, I mean, it's har harassment. I mean, the reality is she should get like a restraining order uh, against him from harassing her. I mean, I think that's probably what she should do, get a, a restraining order preventing him from saying things like this because he's been found to have raped her. Um, here, Donald Trump, and, and, and by the way, here, here's what we said back in May. That when Donald Trump was found liable for sexual abuse, and then he did that so-called CNN town hall, you remember he did that? We said that that was then going to become evidence in the next defamation case. So remember, the May defamation case, just in case you're confused, I thought there was an E. Jean Carroll case. There was the May trial, which was on... E. Jean Carroll's claims of rape and sexual abuse based on the New York Adult Survivors Act, which revived the statute of limitations uh, for her claim and other claims of sexual abuse uh, in New York for other victims for a one-year period. Um, and then she also sued for defamation based on statements Trump made in October of 2022. That went to trial first. On the other hand, you had... Um, 
the first E. Jean Carroll case that she filed was stuck in a bunch of other appeals, but she filed the other case in 2019. It was removed to federal court in 2020, and that's the one where Donald Trump never asserted uh, absolute presidential immunity as an affirmative defense, and that is the case where uh, Donald Trump made the defamatory statements while he was in office. So now the first case E. Jean Carroll filed is now the case that's going to trial second, in case you were just a little bit confused about that. So then after E. Jean Carroll prevailed in the first trial, Donald Trump did that so-called CNN town hall and said stuff like this that we knew was going to be an exhibit at, at this trial. Here, play this clip. I have no idea who the hell, she's a whack job. You, you did not testify in person. And then Donald Trump also said this about uh, E. Jean Carroll's cat. Uh, so for somebody who claims not to know her, um, seems like you do. Here, play this clip. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow it to put that in. All of these things, he would, but with her, they could put in anything. Access this Hollywood, is a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing, just so you understand, ready? I never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This woman said, I met her at the front door of Bergdorf Goodwin. And on the point that it seems like, yeah, you absolutely do know her. This was deposition testimony taken in the E. Jean Carroll case. Let me just show you Donald Trump's own words so you can see it for yourself. Here, Donald Trump uh, confuses E. Jean Carroll with his um, ex-wife, Marla Maples. So in the deposition, Donald Trump says E. Jean Carroll was not his type, that's his defense, why he couldn't have sexually assaulted her because uh, she's not his type, Donald Trump said. And then he was shown a photo of her and he goes, oh, that's Marla, that's Marla. Here, play this clip. Hi, I'm Joe Brown from Accent Law Group. For years, I worked as an insurance adjuster and now I use those experiences to help our clients fight and win against insurance companies. At Accident Law Group, I think so, yes. And do you were calling for unfortunately. Trial? At some point during the process, I saw it's, uh, I guess her husband, John Johnson, who I don't know. was an anchor for ABC. Nice guy. I thought, I mean, I don't know, but I thought he was pretty good at what he did. Um, I don't even know who the woman. Let's see. I don't know who. It's Marla. Marla's in this photo? That's Marla, yeah. That's, that's my wife. Which one, one are you pointing to? You know? Here. Oh, so uh, the person you just pointed to was oh, Eugene Carroll. Who is that? And the person, the woman on the right is your then wife, I don't Donna? know. This was the picture. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that Because it's very blurry. And from the same deposition here, Donald Trump uh, talks about the uh, Access Hollywood uh, tape where he uh, was bragging about uh, sexually assaulting women and he's asked about it and he goes, unfortunately, he says, or fortunately, this is what wealthy men can do. Or, says, or fortunately, this is something wealthy men can do. Here, historically, he says, play this clip. And you say, and again, this has become very famous in this video. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. 
grab them by the pussy, you can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. Well, historically, it's true with stars. That they can grab women by the pussy. Well, that's what it's. If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been really largely true. Not always, but yeah. largely true. Fortunately, unfortunately, or unfortunately. And this was Donald Trump recently at the Young Republicans gathering where he tells this story about how he claims a general came to him. And this is what the general said to him, how courageous he was regarding uh, his statements that you just heard on the Access Hollywood tapes. And what I'm playing for you right now is a speech Donald Trump gave in the past three weeks. Here, play this clip. But I went onto that stage just a few days later and a general who's a fantastic general actually said to me, sir... I've been on the battlefield. Men have gone down on my left and on my right. I stood on hills where soldiers were killed. But I believe the bravest thing I've ever seen was the night you went onto that stage with Hillary Clinton after what happened. And then that woman asked you the first question about it. And I said, locker room talk. It's locker room talk. What the hell? What are you talking about? Locker room talk. So Donald Trump's other posts, just so you know, uh, on his social media platform, because he's just been uh, uh, on a tear this morning after those E.G. Carroll posts. This is what he says. He goes, the invasion through our southern border is for purposes of voting in the 2020 election. They are signing people up would be the end of America. He's talking about the 2020 election right now. It's 2024. I mean, the... Wow. Wow. Anyway, let let me know what you think in the comments. Leave a comment below. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to uh, 2 million subscribers. Thanks to your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Thank you. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram. She don't need no Instagram. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Working great show, man. What are you guys doing? You guys getting tired of my such at it because we kind of watched them all. My <laughs> comment doesn't look like it's an unhinged diaper Don attacks Jack Smith and sanctionable motion. Michael Popak, legal AF, a wounded Donald Trump, knowing he's going to lose next week at the D.C. Court of Appeals. He's not going to get his indictment in the District of Columbia dismissed on immunity grounds prior to trial or any other grounds, has executed on a diversionary tactic. He's filed a motion for contempt against the prosecutors, arguing with high dungeon and histrionic tones that they are just partisan hacks working for the Biden administration who are filing things that are nothing more than talking points on the docket. It's violating the orders of the court and they should be, they're bad people that should be found in contempt, Your Honor. That's, I mean, I'm going to read from the motion in a minute, but that you sort of get the gist. The problem with it is they mischaracterize and misconstrue the actual order that Judge Chuck, that Judge Chuck can put in place, staying the proceedings in the case. We'll talk about what is and what is not a proceeding, and also not allowing certain types of required additional discovery or briefing during the state period. Judge Chutkin did the right thing. While there's an appeal, as meritless as we think it is, on whether Donald Trump um, has immunity from 
criminal prosecution or not, the trial judge should stay the case to allow the appellate court to do its thing. So she temporarily stayed the case and the deadlines on the case and the pretrial order deadlines, but she kept the trial date in March and she kept jurisdiction over enforcing of prior orders, including the gag order. That does not mean, as Donald Trump has misinterpreted in his motion, that um, discovery can't be served by the, by the uh, Department of Justice. Information that they're going to use at trial can't be given to the other side. And Donald Trump doesn't have to read it, but it doesn't mean they can't deliver it. Because serving discovery is not a quote-unquote proceeding that was stayed by the court's order under any interpretation, any reasonable interpretation. So that's one. Only proceedings were stayed. That doesn't mean discovery. The other thing that proceedings don't include is if the Department of Justice wants to file motions, motions in limine to preclude certain types of evidence, motions related to Donald Trump, they are free to file it. It does not make it uh, or conjure it up as a proceeding. It doesn't convert it into a proceeding because they have filed a motion on the docket. As I've said in a prior hot take, the docket, which is the electronic filing system managed by the clerk's office, is open for business. The judge didn't order that the docket be closed, that the case be temporarily administratively closed, which she could have. The docket is open. If things need to be filed, Donald Trump, flag order. The Department of Justice wants to seek a contempt order. It's open for business. And if the Department of Justice wants to file in advance, in expectation that the stay is going to be lifted, motions directed towards the trial, they are allowed to. That does not convert it into a proceeding or a required briefing on the part of Donald Trump. There is no dispute at that at the present moment, the case is in stasis, it is on ice, and anything the Department of Justice files, Donald Trump doesn't have to respond to. He doesn't have to brief it. Normally there's a briefing schedule. Within X amount of days after the receipt of a brief, the other side, in this case Donald Trump, can file an opposition, then there's a reply, then there's oral argument, then there's a judgment. We all agree. We, we all agree that that process is stayed. That set of proceedings are stayed. Not the filing of the motion. I've never in 32 years of my career in federal practice ever heard of a motion being referred to as a proceeding that is also state the filing of that motion because that's not true. And if I wanted to serve them with discovery, they don't have to respond to it. They don't have to address it because they don't have to be burdened with any aspect of the process or proceeding under the stay. But it doesn't mean I can't unilaterally file. And that's what I said during my recent optic. Genius move by Jack Smith. He has, he has the floor to himself. He has the playing field to himself. He can file whatever he wants. The press can report whatever they want. And Donald Trump either can choose not to respond, which he's chosen not to. He can throw a temper tantrum and write a letter and say, I'm not going to respond to anything that you file because I don't have to because everything stayed. Sure, then do it after the stay is lifted. This is all like a seven-day issue, by the way. This is all, this, this tempest in a teapot, much to do about nothing. This filing is just to pay back and to try to change the dynamic because they've been getting bad press by all the filings by uh, Jack Smith. That's the wounded aspect of this uh, Trump reactionary filing, right? 
I'm getting creamed in the in the news by Jack Smith because he's filing all this stuff and he tells his lawyers, do something. Oh, we'll do something. We'll argue that they violated the stay order when they have not violated the stay order. You can only violate Judge Judkin's stay order, right, the three-page stay order, if you try to conduct or implement proceedings or required additional filings. She hasn't required. Required means the court is required. Required. The judge hasn't required a darn thing. These are static filings on the docket by Jack Smith to stack up his motions like court would until there's a lift of the stay. As soon as there's a lift of the stay, Donald Trump can then address the five or six motions that are on the docket and the briefing schedule and deadlines will start. Right? Right now the clock is stopped. We all agree. Just Donald Trump doesn't like the fact that while the clock is stopped, Jack Smith is continuing to file because he is permitted to. And so there is no contempt of anything. I think it runs the other way. I think Donald Trump's lawyers, if Jack Smith wanted to, and I'll be frank, judges don't like tit-for-tat retaliatory looking motions. Like you filed a motion for contempt against me, I filed a motion for contempt against you. So I'm not sure Jack Smith's going to do that. He ignored the letter from Donald Trump that said, you know, you are violating the order and we're going to ignore everything that you're filing. That was That was two weeks ago. And they tried to argue, well, Jack Smith's being inconsistent in his office because he told the United States Supreme Court that um, everything was stayed. And it's not everything stayed because he keeps filing and he keeps serving. Right. Because the stay was limited to proceedings and burdening Donald Trump. He's burdening himself. Donald Trump, if anything, has violated the proceedings by filing the motion for contempt. Um, I mean, there is an argument the judge continues to have jurisdiction over her original stay order so she can enforce it. But I'm not sure how he got the jurisdiction in order to file this either if the case is stayed. So Donald Trump has burdened himself <laughs> by filing, preparing and filing this motion and writing letters to Jack Smith saying, we're going to ignore what you're filing. Just ignore it. Just ignore it, and you can pick it up. If you're right, Trump, and you're going to win on the appeal, then the case is over. If you're wrong, which most thinking people think you are, then you're going to get have that trial in March, and you'll just address everything on the docket then. Let me read to you from the actual motion. It is just filled with virulent vitriolic attacks on Joe Biden and Jack Smith. Does that surprise anybody? It's short on legal analysis and argument or anything cogent or anything factually true and very long on Donald Trump's talking points. Right? So that's the audience for this. They don't think they're actually going to win this. They just want to, you know, shove back against Jack Smith and all of his filings. One simple but brilliant trick to heat your home in 90 seconds and save thousands of dollars on your heating bill this winter. This genius way to heat any room for almost zero cost nice. is taking over the market like crazy in the U.S. So, so in the introduction on page one, it says the stay order. Trump, this is called the unhinged diaper Don attacks Jack Smith in sanctionable motion. Posted six hours ago. From the judge is clear, straightforward, and unambiguous. All substantive proceedings in this court are halted. Let me comment along the way. Right. Discovery is not a substantive proceeding. Motions filed on the docket are not a substantive proceeding. Despite this clarity, the prosecutors began violating the stay almost immediately. First, within five days of the court entering the stay order, the prosecutors <laughs> served thousands of pages of additional discovery. 
and along with a draft exhibit list. Right. That's not a proceeding. That's a filing. You can look at it or not. If you choose not to, then you're not burdened. If you choose to and address it this way, then you've generated your own burden. Through counsel, President Trump advised that he rejected the prosecutor's unlawful productions. Right. Continuing to burden himself. And their actions violated the stay order and that he would seek relief if their malicious conduct continued. Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. What happens next? Ignoring this warning, the prosecutors filed an expansive motion in limine in less than 10 days later. Right. And we covered it extensively on our hot takes about what the motions in limine are, um, are addressing. But to Donald Trump, right, through his lens, he says that the motions in limine teams with partisan rhetoric, including false claims that President Trump propagates irrelevant disinformation. Stop right there. Does anybody on either side of the aisle think that Donald Trump doesn't propagate irrelevant disinformation in order to distract from his cases and his liability and exposure? Both within the courtroom, right, things that he's done in the courtroom, and outside of it, social media, press conferences, rallies. Moreover, the motions in limine mirrors the Biden administration dishonest talking points, asserting again falsely that President Trump was responsible for the events of January 6th, when in truth he called for peaceful and patriotic assembly and protest. Are you effing kidding me? Uh, listen to the entire speech. Listen to the f- you have to fight. You have to you have to you have to fight back. You have to fight like hell. Now take your weapons that you have because I dropped the magnetometers and the and the search for weapons and go to the Capitol and and stop what's happening there. Stop the steal. That is peaceful and patriotic assembly. Sounds a lot like incitement to riot and insurrection to me. And to any jury sitting in the box in the District of Columbia. In this manner, the prosecutors, continuing on page two, seek to weaponize the stay to spread political propaganda, knowing that President Trump would not fully respond because the court relieved him of the burdens of litigation during the stay. To which, again, another question. If you relieved the burdens, why are you filing motions and why are you, why are you dashing off letters? Worse, the prosecutors have announced their intention to continue this partisan drive misconduct indefinitely, affecting, effectively converting this court's docket into an arm of the Biden campaign. Oh, there we go. Now it's revealed. They don't like the, this is the wounded nature. They don't like the filings that are coming from the independent special counsel's office. And so they always have to tie it back. This is the tell for Donald Trump. They got to tie it back to Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who at one point they say is doddering and is incompetent and mentally incapacitated. At the same time, right, he is the grand master orchestrator of a campaign against Donald Trump. Which is it? Which it's, by the way, it's, it's neither. But it's Donald Trump, which is it? You know, is he the grand master strategist or is he, a, or is he his dodderage? Which is it? So here, it's always, whenever you, the tell for Donald Trump is, I'm going to attack everyone against me as partisan hacks. And if they happen to be women or people of color, I'm going to do even worse. That's it. That's the magic decoder ring for Donald Trump and his rhetoric. And I'll give you more in here. That They have to use every adjective they can to detract from any argument, any merit of any argument they have. I learned a long time ago in law school and in practice. You want to... You want to uh, uh, throw away your credibility with a panel or a judge? You want to you want to undermine um, them? Att-
taking you as a credible advocate for your position. Use ridiculous adjectives and adverbs um, in your in your filing and try to poke and attack your your opponent in every turn. That's going to turn off the the uh, judge, Judge Shutkin. I assure you. Um, let me just read you a couple of these things. Then you then you have in there in the their description of the background on page two that this case presents weighty questions of first impression concerning the scope of presidential immunity, the, the impeachment judgment clause, and double jeopardy. And this is not an easy case. I, I, I would disagree with that. First of all, just because they keep saying they have an argument under the impeachment clause or double jeopardy doesn't make it so. And their constant repetition doesn't mean that everybody's talking about it. Everybody thinks it's weighty. This is going to be quickly dispatched by the D.C. Court of Appeals. If Don, and I'll say it again, as I said on the on legal AF last night, if Donald Trump really believed he had a winning argument, he would not have waited a year to bring it. He should have filed that motion if he thought it was going to be successful. If he really thought that he had a good faith argument and he would be successful, he would have filed it a year ago when he first got indicted. Everything in his motion has to do with doctrines and law and precedent has nothing to do with facts or discovery or information provided by the special counsel's office or discovered over the last year that legal argument that he's making now immunity absolute immunity uh double jeopardy impeachment clause and all the rest he had that he had that same set of arguments he could have raised a year ago so why why didn't he do it because he knew it was a loser argument He's only using it to delay the proceedings. That's why he filed it in November, December, before a March trial, not a year before. Because he knew he would have lost a year before and then full steam ahead towards the March trial. So for maximum damage and collateral damage and impact, you file a losing motion or appeal at the last possible minute, hoping you can keep it alive long enough to, to uh, move the trial. That's it. That's all we're watching. Let me go back to their motion. Um, here's the vitriol that I'm talking about in every, in every attack and just because you put things in bold doesn't mean that you're interpreting it properly deadlines and proceedings scheduled by the pre-trial order are not motions that are filed on a docket not, and then they, then they have to edit the actual order because they know it doesn't fit their argument they say on the top of page 4 Hi, I'm Joe Brown from Accident Law Group. For years, I worked as an insurance adjuster, and now I use those experiences to help our clients fight and win against insurance companies. At Accident Law Group, results matter. Insurance companies know who the good lawyers are, and they know which lawyers are out for a quick buck. They say on the top of page four, driving this point home, the court distinguished um, certain exceptions which it held do not advance the case towards trial or impose burdens of litigation on the defendant beyond those he already carries from additional discovery or briefing, which do. That's not what it says. What the order says is required additional discovery or briefing. Nobody's requiring Donald Trump to do anything. He can brief it after the stay is lifted, not now. He's not required to respond in any way to the discovery. That's the missing word that he so that he so inartfully edits out of quoting from the judge herself. Something a judge is going to spot right away when she denies this this briefing. Um, and then throughout, let me just read another another passage I thought was interesting. On page six, they call the attempt by the uh, special counsel to 
take a direct appeal to the Supreme Court to get this ruling done quickly, a desperate ploy. They say that the uh, prosecutors engage in histrionics and twisted views of the stay order. They say time and time again that Donald Trump is not only the likely nominee for the Republican Party, but the likely victor in 2024. And that's the reason this partisan attack has been brought on him, citing to Fox News, of all things, on the, on the top of page seven. They repeat the lie that Donald Trump asked for patriotic and peaceful protest on Jan 6th. And then they asked the court to find the uh, prosecutors in contempt of court saying that they are trying to score cheap political points against Donald Trump on the bottom of page 14 on behalf of the Biden campaign. In doing so, they have repeatedly and willfully disregarded the court's explicit instructions, so explicit that even Donald Trump's lawyers can't figure out what they are and keep editing them in a way that make it a very misleading argument at best. And so they've asked the court to enter an order to show cause to force the prosecutors to respond and for the judge to conduct a hearing. The very burden that Donald Trump is has been alleviated from has been taken off his shoulders by the stay order. And that just shows you again it, Donald Trump's master plan here is revealed. He just wants to get the news cycle and he wants to continue to try to tie down a little bit the prosecutors especially when we're about to do oral argument on the 9th of January in front of the D.C. Court of Appeals. Here's my prediction. I think Judge Chutkin will take a look at this. She can either deny the order to show cause right out of that. She can issue her own order without further briefing that says I see nothing in the filing on the court docket that indicates that it is in violation of my order and she can do that in a very brief minute order, two-line order on the docket. My gut is that's how she's going to handle this. I know that she wants to bend over backwards to make sure that her record is, is proper. So could she give Trump an opportunity, uh, the, the, uh, take this under advisement and have the Department of Justice respond to it and make it into a whole order to show cause? Maybe. I just don't think she's going to do it. I think this close to the oral argument and on the on what has been presented as grounds, I think she quickly dispatches this. Could be wrong, and I'll come back in a hot take and say if I am. But I think the way I would handle this if I were Judge Chutkin, and she's masterful at what she does, is I would just say order to show cause denied. There's nothing in here that indicates that there's been a violation of my order. The docket remains open. Mr. Trump does not have to respond to any of these things if he if he doesn't want to. If he does, he's taken on the burden himself that I've alleviated. Nothing is proscribed. Nothing is uh, by my uh, court order. Nothing is required. And the case is stayed. Doesn't mean the docket is closed. It just means the case is stayed. That's how I would handle it in a three or four line order. If she wants to just, you know, um, bend over backwards, she'll set up a briefing schedule on this. I just don't think she will. We'll continue to follow. She moves very, very quickly. We're going to know. Hopefully this hot take will be up before we actually have Judge Chutkin's uh, result, and then we'll do another hot take to update you. Right here on Legal AF, only on the Midas Touch Network, on their YouTube channel, and then on our Wednesday and Saturday podcast, we call Legal AF the pod. It's exactly what you think, 8 p.m. Eastern time on this YouTube channel, and then on audio podcast platforms of your choice. Give me a thumbs up here. Leave a comment. It really does help keep this kind of content on the air. Until my next hot take, until my next Legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
kind of sounded good to you. I've been looking for a product like this my whole life. We were all putting it on, looking in the mirror, and we're like, oh my God, this is a friggin' miracle. That's why it's called Miracle Bomb. So here's the color breakdown. On natural, oh, has no color. Good. My hands are wet and moist. Moist. How are you guys doing? Oops. Right, so that was Unhinged, Diaper Dawn, Attacks Jack Smith, and Sanctionable Motion.